0: You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode number 49. If you've been trying to juggle working from home with your kids over the last year, you've probably noticed that it isn't always easy to juggle everything. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Ashley Freehan, the founder of the Purpose Gathering and the Efficient Mompreneur course, all about how you can balance work and having your kids at home. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience, but building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place welcome back to another episode, everyone. I am super excited to have you guys here today. But even more than that, I am super excited to have my friend Ashley Freehand here today. And she's going to be walking us through how we can balance having our kids at home and also having to run a business. And I am just really excited to have her here today. She is a great friend of mine. We both live in Arizona together. And I just know she has so much wisdom to share with you guys. So let me get right into her introduction and then we'll jump in. So Ashley Freehand is a multi-passionate Mama. She is a brand photographer and community founder, and she is passionate about educating and empowering mompreneurs to live their best lives through her podcast, her online community, and her courses. So welcome, Ashley, to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Madison. I'm so glad to be here. Well, first, let's just jump right in and let's talk a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur and kind of what your backstory is, you know, not in this official bio. Okay, so do you want the short version or the long one? Because, you know... I
1: can paraphrase or I can go into more detail.
0: Yeah, you have definitely been in the entrepreneur space for a while. So kind of give us the short and sweet version.
1: Okay, awesome. So I actually started in entrepreneurship when I was just shortly, actually, after I got married. And I loved the experience of working with our wedding photographer. And I thought to myself oh my gosh, that sounds like the funnest job. I could totally do this. So I kind of spent the next couple of years just dabbling in photography and really learning everything I possibly could. But it wasn't really until 2012 when I had a six-month-old daughter and I really started to take photography professionally and more seriously and started to really build a business. Then I kind of got into um, owning a photo booth, and that was four years after I started specializing in photography. And then just this past, actually last year, I started the purpose gathering. And so I have honestly never known entrepreneurship really without children. So it has definitely been a wild and crazy ride, but I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. And as you guys can tell, Ashley did not lie when she said she is multi-passionate. So real quickly, will you just tell us what the Purpose Gathering is and kind of why you started it? Absolutely. So I felt
1: like as a mompreneur, nobody understood what I was going through. I had two camps of friends. I had friends that were moms, but they didn't own a business. And then I had friends that were business owners in the wedding industry who kind of knew all the ins and outs of business, but they didn't understand the struggle of like raising a family and juggling kids. And so I just found myself so like down and lonely constantly. I was comparing myself to all these people like trying to understand why people were so much further along in their businesses than I was. But then I really started understanding that the reason for that was because they didn't have a family and they didn't have children. And so of course their focus was more on their business. And so I really just felt like nobody understood the struggle of both. And so last year, God really laid it on my heart to start the Purpose Gathering. And it started as an in-person workshop. And then it kind of just evolved into a local meetup community in Arizona, which is how I ended up meeting you at the workshop. And then I just decided, you know what, there's so many other mamas that I can help. And so I took it online and started doing a Facebook community. And I just am so passionate about helping moms feel supported and educated and empowered to do both motherhood and business and do them well.
0: Yeah. And something that you and I have in common is that we are both super passionate about just education in general for our businesses. But you are so right that there is not a lot of chatter or education around how to be a mompreneur and how to like manage both things. There's a lot of focus on parenting or business, but not a lot of kind of the in between. And so I have loved being a part of your community and just being coached by you in general (laughs) for the last, I don't know, year that we've known each other and been friends. So let's dive in. Into this topic of how to manage all the things with kids at home. Because obviously, for anyone who is listening, real time, we are coming up on the school season starting, or maybe it just started, depending on where you live. And so, a lot of people are now again going through this whole pandemic with having kids at home, either doing virtual schooling, maybe homeschooling for the first time, or they're, you know, maybe trying to deal with a different. Schedule than they're used to with school. So let's talk about just how to balance all of those things. And maybe you can run through kind of what your struggle has been. You said you've been doing, you know, entrepreneurship alongside of being a mom the whole time. So what has kind of been your biggest struggle maybe before COVID and now with balancing work and parenting?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So do I have to just pick one to talk about? Cause I feel like there's so many struggles that I face and that I'm sure everyone can relate to. No, go ahead. Okay, awesome. So I feel like some of the biggest struggles that I faced like pre-COVID was the constant like draw of prioritizing my time, you know, like knowing when to pour into my kids and when to pour into my business. And now actually my kids are back in school in person. And so now I'm kind of having to juggle what to do with all the extra time. Like I kind of got used to the interruptions and now I'm kind of trying to figure out where to take the business now. But I also feel like it was definitely hard for me to manage work-life boundaries and knowing when to turn the work off because as many of you can relate, we are feeling like we are constantly working and we're constantly momming, right? Like there's no cut and dry, start and stop to it. And so I really had to figure out what those boundaries looked like for my family and what worked for me. And I really had to start teaching my children what that looks like and that mom works from home and it looks different, but I still have obligations and responsibilities to my clients. And so I feel like those two things were the biggest struggle was prioritizing time and then managing that work-life boundary.
0: Yeah. So let's dive into those boundaries a little bit, because I know this is a conversation that you and I have had many times of, you know, how to set that boundary and expectation with your kids. And for those of you who don't know Ashley, her kids are just a little bit older than mine. Um, They're six and nine, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So her kids are six and nine. So her kids are, you know, in elementary school and her season of parenting is just past where mine is. So it's been really good for me to kind of watch how she does things with her kids. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on here because I've just learned so much about this topic. So can you dive into maybe like how to approach this topic of setting boundaries with your family and really setting expectations of that work-life balance?
1: Absolutely. So I think it's easier for me to talk about the experience that I've had during COVID because it's so different to transition from having your kids at home full time to having them out of the home full time and then to fall back into that. So I kind of joked through COVID that I got gypped because I was counting down the days until my youngest started kindergarten where both of my kids were going to be in school. And if you're there with littles right now, you probably know what I mean. Like you're kind of like there's going to come a point when I have all this time that I can work on my business and I just can't wait. And so I was in that season where both of my kids were in school. I had finally arrived. I was so excited. And I'm like, yes, finally, this is the moment I've been waiting for. And then it got cut short. And I'm like, I totally got gypped. I didn't even get a full year of both of my kids in school. I've been waiting for this for five years. But then what I realized and what I noticed when my kids like were back at home constantly 24-7 was that It reminded me of what life used to be like. It reminded me of what so many mamas are facing right now with little kids is that you have a passion, you have a business, you have obligations to that business, but you also have a passion for your family. That is why you started a business in the first place so that you could call the shots and you could be home to raise your kids. And so, so many parents right now are in that. Feeling of, I want to be a good mom and I want to be the one who raises my kids, but I also want to have this business. And we find ourselves resentful or angry at our kids for not letting us do our job. So I feel like the first thing that's so important is that we are taking care of ourselves first. And I know a lot of moms struggle with this, but I think it's important that first thing in the morning, you set a boundary. So I know we've talked about this, Madison, is I have a boundary in the morning. I call it the wake-up boundary, that my kids can wake up at whatever time they want, but they have to let me have peace and quiet until 7 a.m. So if they wake up at 5.30, that's totally fine, but they need to play in their room until 7. I do let them come down and say good morning, let me know they're awake, but this is protected time for me because I want to make sure I get everything done before they wake up. So that way, when it's seven o'clock, I have enough energy to pour into them. And so that is the first boundary that I set. I also have other boundaries, like when I'm on the phone, they have to come and place their hand on my shoulder that lets me know they need me, but they're not blatantly yelling or screaming or mom, 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 you know? Um, So I have some boundaries like that set in place that, of course, take time an energy to implement and um, follow through and redirection, but it works. I also have another boundary that I set, which is a quiet time boundary. And so um, when my children both stopped napping, it felt like the end of the world. (laughs) Like I know you just went through this. It is Mm -hmm. so hard. It feels like you're never going to have any time to yourself. Um, But this is when you implement the quiet time. That's a boundary that we have set very clearly to our children, and they whine and they fuss about it, but they know it's non-negotiable. And so what that looks like is we replaced their nap with a quiet time. So for for my family, it's an hour and a half that they have to go play quietly in their room. Now, if they choose to play together, that's totally cool, but they have to be getting along. So those are just a few of the boundaries that I have set in place. But if you don't protect your time that you
0: need, your kids are going to walk all over you all the time. Yeah, that is so true. And I remember kind of when the pandemic started and people, you know, had college kids coming home from school or just their little ones were home from, you know, elementary school or whatever it was. My clients were kind of just chatting and back and forth with me and they would tell me that they were just trying to figure this out because now all of a sudden they had more people in their house and they weren't really sure how to fit in their work. And so I think it's really great to take this advice regardless of the age of your children. I think if your kids are older, it could be easier because they're older and they understand more, but it also could be more difficult because you have to kind of retrain what might have been years of like a bad habit. So do you have any advice for like how to start setting those boundaries with your family? Like, do you have like a family meeting? Do you have to do like some internal work to figure out like what your own priorities are first? Like what would kind of the first step be for somebody who maybe is like, I have zero boundaries with my family right now and I really need some going into the fall? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So I feel like
1: when you are starting with anything new, it is always important that you do self-reflection. Sometimes you don't even know you need a boundary until it's already been crossed. You know, you can kind of tell when you're irritated. So like, for instance, for you, I know we've talked about this, like when your child enters the room when you're working early in the morning, and they're like, I need this, I need you. And they're maybe like stating all their demands. And you're like, whoa, I am just trying to work here. Like and you start to get defensive and you get angry. That's an indicator that someone just crossed your boundary. And you don't even know that it's a boundary that you need until someone has violated it. And so I think it's important to kind of go throughout your day. And when you are starting to get irritated by your children, like make a note of why, what is it that they're doing that is bothering you and figure out, is it a boundary issue? Is it maybe just an annoyance issue? And it's maybe something that you need to start training them. Like for instance, when they're interrupting a phone call or something like that, I feel like that's a big one because we are all business owners who need to be on the phone sometimes. And we can't just, you know, shut our kids off, but we can teach them how to respectfully interrupt us. And so um, I think just making notes of those boundaries, and then also asking your family, there was a boundary, actually, that I didn't even know I was crossing until I asked my husband, like, Hey, what are some things that you think really bother you about my business? And he said, Well, I don't like when you miss dinner, Because there used to be a time where, you know, we have kids, and especially when they're young, you sometimes have to work at night and in random pockets of the day. And so he would come home from work, and I would just like throw the kids at him, and I'd be like, hey, I just need to do 20 minutes of work. Well, that 20 minutes of work would turn into like 30 or 40. He'd be making dinner, they'd all be sitting down, and I'd be like, oh, just one more minute, I gotta finish this one thing. And by the time I actually went to sit down, they were all done eating dinner. And so that was a boundary for our entire family that. I didn't even know I was crossing. And so in getting your family on board can be really helpful. Even asking your children, like, what, what do you think that mommy can do better? What bothers you about mommy? My kids told me they don't like when I'm on my phone. They don't like when I'm like, hold on, one sec, one sec, one sec, and I don't give them attention. So these are all things that you can um, figure out with your family. Hopefully that helps.
0: Yeah, it really does. And again, that's like one of the things I have really learned from you over the last year of being friends is that we can ask those questions of our kids. And even with my kids at age four and two, maybe not the two-year-old, but my four-year-old definitely could tell me something that he doesn't like. And so it's really, really good insight to ask your family and, you know, to make it more of a family thing instead of a demand from mom. And I think for me, one of the things that's been helpful is, especially since my husband has been homeworking at home as well, is really getting my oldest to understand like the different ways that mommy and daddy work and the different things that we need and, you know, setting those boundaries for him to understand like when the office is closed, it's probably because one of us is on a call. So please don't come in or, you know, things like that. So setting those boundaries is so important. And I love that you say like, you really have to be reflecting internally, because again, we could just think like, oh, they're just kids are just annoying, but that's really not the truth. The truth is that there's something else that's bothering us and we have to get to the core of that before we can really, you know, set those boundaries. Okay. So let's dive into kind of getting parents out of this overwhelmed state, because at this point, you know, it is no longer a shock that our kids are at home with us. We're really Most of us should be used to it at this point, but maybe it's a new season of figuring out how to incorporate school into that or just like figuring out now that we know for sure where our kids are going to be for the next, you know, semester of school. Let's talk about like, how do we get out of overwhelm and really start making a plan for what those boundaries are going to look like? I know you are really big on time blocking too. So that's something that we could cover, but what are kind of some of your strategies or part of your process for really making time for both your family and for work?
1: Absolutely. This is so important because as you know, Madison, I say this all the time, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I am always a big advocate for planning ahead because with kids, they crave structure. And a lot of the issues that we're seeing with kids right now being at home is because they don't have any structure and it's kind of a free for all. And they are not sure maybe when they're going to get the next hit of attention from you. And so sometimes if you're not front-loading the connection with your kids and you're not giving them attention and you're not focused on their needs first before you get to work, it can cause a lot of problems throughout the day. So I have a few tips for working at home, but I think that first tip is to prioritize your tasks that you need to get done and loosely time block. And what I mean by that is set A plan in place, get a blocked out schedule in place, but know that it's going to change. Know that you have to be flexible in this time and just always be striving for better. And when my kids were home, I would time block in the morning and make sure that before they woke up, I got everything that I needed to get done for me. So that was my like really early morning time block. And then I would shift into the kids. So I would get them breakfast and then I would do together time with them. So I think together time is so important. It's basically just a time where you spend with all of your kids, however many you have, and you spend about 20 minutes with them, whether that's reading books, playing a game, um, playing hide and seek, whatever it is, going on a walk. I don't know where you live, but in Arizona, we're not doing that right now, but maybe early in the morning. But just doing something together with your kids and letting them know how much they mean to you and that they are so important. And then from there, I would have a play block where my kids would play together and we would have different ideas of what they could actually do during that time. So I would get my kids on board and I would have them help me brainstorm everything that they could do. And I actually have a brainstorm template that I'll give to Madison. It's totally free for you guys to download. And you walk through it with your kids and you come up with different areas of your home. So it could be like the playroom, the backyard, wherever you have like their bedroom, the living room, the kitchen, whatever spaces that your kids tend to play in, you start with that location. And then they brainstorm a few other things. So what could you do in that location? So maybe it's like a game. So you're gonna kind of come up with uh, general ideas like sports, activities, but then you get really specific. So then you're like, okay, if you're playing in your room and you're doing an activity, What are the five activities that you can do specifically? So maybe it's magnets, maybe it's trains, maybe it's little people, you know, and have them get really specific with you. And if you have little kids, pictures are great. So that way, when your kids are like, okay, it's playtime, and they're like, I don't know what to do. You can just refer them to that brainstorm template and be like, hey, which one do you want to do? Because it's so easy for us as parents to say, go play. But in a child's mind, they're like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Like there's 80 things I could do and they get overwhelmed and then they just don't pick one. So they find trouble. So if you can set them up for success and say, which one of these activities are you going to do? Help them get started with it and then set up a work block. So that's what I recommend doing is starting with connection first with your kids and then moving into what can they do to play and then getting
0: your work block in that way. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. And just as a personal testament to that, that connection time really does make a huge difference. And I've found that sometimes, even only five minutes of that time, with individually with the kids, it's like, all of a sudden they just play by themselves for another hour. And it's like, that's the moment where I will go grab my laptop and like, get ready to work. Another thing that I feel like would be helpful to kind of go over in this is like kind of planning ahead for what you're going to work on. Because I know you and I have both had seasons in our business where we're maybe feeling a little bit more scattered. And so we sit down to work and we don't even know what we're working on. So do you have any tips from like that business side of like, how to really prepare your work so that when you do have those moments or those, you know, mini blocks of time, you're like ready to go and take action in those moments.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I do this actually on Sundays, which I might change to Fridays. But anyways, pick a day that works best for you and take an hour or so just to kind of sort through your your thoughts. I feel like that's how long it takes me because I really want to make sure that I am thinking through what I want to get done each day. And so I make a running list. I actually have two lists because I think it's important that everyone does have two. So I have a list That is in my paper planner. That is a brain dump of everything that I've been thinking about while I'm sitting down to work. And this is the list of things that I write down as they come to mind. And so I can prioritize and schedule those in. Because I don't know if you guys are like me, but sometimes I jump from task to task as it pops in my head because I don't want to forget. And so if you make this list, While you're sitting down to work, it's so easy for you to just write it down and then go back and schedule it later. And then I keep a second list, which is on my Trello board. And that is when I'm like on the go and I think of something I need to do. I can add it to that list. So, and the reason why I do the two lists, the one that's virtual and then the one that's written, because I could just at my computer add it to the virtual one, but there's just something about writing it down on a piece of paper that helps me remember that I need to get it done. So sometimes I'll even transfer the stuff from Trello and I'll put it on my paper in my planner because it just helps me remember, this is what you need to do.
0: Yeah, I love that tip. And I think that's something that it's so easy for us all to get distracted, especially like you know, shifting into like food bloggers specifically, like you are most likely going to be on your blog and maybe you see that there's a comment you need to respond to, or maybe you see your plugins are outdated. Like there's a lot of things that could pop up and distract you when you're trying to write a blog post that, you know, you all of a sudden an hour has passed and you didn't finish the blog post because you got distracted with something else. So I think having that list for, I mean, any business really, but in the food blogger example, I can really see how this would be helpful to have that list where you just dump your ideas and get to them later. But I think the second really important part of that is making sure you have that built in time during the week to go back and look at that list and then schedule things in accordingly. Um, And I know you do a little bit of like time batching and stuff like that too. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? When you say time batching, what do you mean by that? Just, you know, doing like tasks in like one block of time.
1: Yes. So I try to have a block where I do like tasks like podcast tasks, or, you know, my photography tasks. I haven't really transitioned back into that because I'm still trying to get used to this new schedule. This is the first week the kids are back. But what I was doing previously was taking that brain dump and categorizing it by importance. Because when you are working with kids at home, it is like trying to keep your head above the water. And so right now, like, If if that's where you guys are, I would use that time to prioritize the important tasks that you need to get done. I talked about this in one of my podcast episodes about how you should be prioritizing your tasks by level of attention. So like if it requires a lot of attention and you can't have interruptions, then that should be something that's done during a time block when the kids are busy or at night when you have a little bit of extra time to work. And then some of those other tasks that can easily be interrupted where you can start and stop, those can be done when your kids are around. And so I think that's something too to keep in mind is when you are scheduling those tasks, be conscious of how much
0: of your attention each item needs. Yeah, and that's something that I can remember from when I was doing my blogging. I would purposefully plan when I was going to do my computer work. So like my computer work would most likely be during a nap time when I needed that full attention. But things for me, at least with my kids, I could make a recipe or test a recipe out when they were awake, maybe even getting them involved in actually making it. And then especially when I was doing like photography and stuff, I could also have them be part of that and kind of sit on the counter with me and watch me work. It might not work as well, depending on what age kids you have. But I think there's some creative ways to kind of structure your time when it makes the most sense for your family dynamic and remembering kind of what those transitional periods are for your kids. Like I know for my kids, there's certain times of the day, I just don't schedule stuff because I know it's going to be difficult to get them to be independent. But there's other times of the day where they will go and play by themselves and I can sneak in some work during that time. So I think it's really important to really like have that holistic view of what all you need to get done. And then like you said, prioritizing it based on, you know, the things that actually need to get done soonest versus things that might just be a someday kind of task. So I really love that. Did you have any other like specific steps or like a process that you wanted to walk us through before we kind of jump into talking a little bit about your course and all of that? I
1: think I really, I talked about this briefly already about front-loading the connection with your kids, but I feel like maybe a little bit more explanation could be helpful. I feel like not a lot of parents realize this or know this, but your kids have four basic needs, and the needs that they have are a present and hands-free mama... Not all the time, but when you are present with your kids, being hands-free, putting your phone down and really focusing in on them. Physical touch is so important for the development of kids. So putting your hand on their back, giving them a back rub, doing any kind of touch games like hand clapping games or going on a treasure hunt on their back. Those kind of things where you're actually putting your hands somewhere on their body makes them feel important. So I think that's really key when you are connecting with your kids that you're not just like sitting next to them playing, but you're looking in their eyes occasionally. You're saying their name. You're making sure that they know that you care for them and that you see them. The other thing that they need, there's three more things. The second thing is attention. So they really need positive attention. So you might notice that your kids are acting out a lot and they're annoying you. When your child is annoying you, that is a great signal that tells you they're lacking positive attention because kids will do whatever they can to get your attention, even if it's negative. And then the third thing is control. So if you find that your child is like super defiant and they won't listen to you at all, it could be that they're lacking positive control. So they need more choices in their day. Um, So instead of just saying like, go pick out your clothes or here's what I picked out for you to wear... Give them two options. Hey, I picked out this really cute one or this really cool one. Which one do you want? The cute one or the cool one? And like, let them choose. Give them jobs. So my kids right now, my daughter is our event coordinator. So she plans all the family events. She comes up with the cool ideas. Like we're doing an art show pretty soon and we all have to submit our art to her. And she's the event coordinator because she likes to be bossy. But I am going to redirect that bossiness into leadership. And then I have my son who loves to help my husband, but he also can be not so helpful. (laughs) So he is our fix-it manager. So he walks around the house and he finds everything that needs to be fixed. And he relays it to me so I can write it on a list. And then we we send it to dad with a due date. And then Jaden gets to help him fix it. And so they both feel like they have some control and some belonging in the family. They feel like they have a job. And then the fourth and final thing is they need those boundaries and routines. So we kind of touched on that already, but I think that's so important that kids know the expectation and that they are set up for success. So if your kids are lacking in some of that respectful compliance that you're looking for, it could be that they just need some redirection and they need some guidelines of what positive behavior you're looking for.
0: Yeah, I am literally like taking notes as you said this, even though I've heard you talk about this before and I've implemented this before, but it's just, it's so good because I think sometimes as parents and especially as parents that feel like you're pulled in all directions, it's just so hard to figure out like, what in the world does my kid want from me? And like, I love that you just have this four step, like this is what they want from you because it really does cover everything. I wanted to touch on the positive attention really fast because that is something that you and I have, talked a lot about, and I know you've helped kind of coach me through that a lot. Can you give some examples of what that kind of attention or what that positive attention means and like what that looks like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I haven't touched on this part yet, but I think it's also important that you have that together time with all of your kids once a day for at least 20 minutes. And then there's also another thing that I recommend called special time. And that is a time that is just dedicated for you and each of your children individually. So they get one-on-one attention from you every single day. And I recommend a minimum of 10 minutes per child every day, which some of you who have a lot of kids might feel like that's a lot. But I want you to think about the impact that 10 minutes a day of one-on-one attention with each of your kids, what that could do to their self-esteem? What could that do to the way that they see themselves? So I think that a lot of parents think that that's too much, but I want you to just think about, like, if you didn't pour into them for 10 minutes a day, like, how does that make them feel? That is going to stir up sibling rivalry because that's the number one reason why kids fight is because they want their parents' attention. It's going to stir up animosity between the entire family because your kid is going to be trying to get your attention anyways. Because like I said, if they don't get that positive attention, they're going to get it in a different way. And it's probably going to be negative and it's probably not going to be what you want. And so that 10 minutes, I like to think of it as preventative care. And if you can't give each of your kids 10 minutes a day, I feel like you're, you're wasting your other time. Like you're not using your time wisely if you can't connect with your kids for 10 minutes a day. So that's not to like give you a throat punch. That's really just to, to show you and to tell you that that is what your kids need. And, and it's not just me. I didn't like pull that from thin air. That is years and years and years of research from psychologists, from doctors. Um, I have been in the like child psychology realm for a while. I went to school to be a teacher. So it's sound doctrine. It's not just me being like, I think that's a great idea. Um, it's research based. So definitely think that is super important. But if you want like more tactical ideas of like, what can you do? I feel like this time, the 10 minutes of one-on-one time is your child's choice. So, I mean, as long as it's safe, You let your kids pick and you just go along with it. Whether or not you like Barbies, whether or not you like playing trucks, you just do it because that's what your child wants. And I think it's just so important. And there are so many other ways that you can give positive attention outside of that time. So I'm not saying you should just ignore your kid for the rest of the day after you've (laughs) given them that attention. But there are really simple things you can do by, like I said, that physical touch, like just putting your hand on their shoulder and saying, I love you. I see you. I care about you. I think so often we just take that for granted, those little small quiet moments when we can
0: just give our kid a little bit of love. Yeah, so good. And I'm I'm thinking about your episode that you just did too about like the 10- parenting mistakes. And I'll definitely put that in the show notes too, because you talk a lot about some of these other things that we've talked about. So to wrap this episode up, even though I know we could keep talking about this topic forever, can you tell us about your podcast and your course and how people can get more of this information? Because I know for me kind of starting to think about this parenting in a holistic way, like I had so many questions and so many things that I wanted to know more about. So where can people find all of that extra information from you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I host a weekly podcast that comes out every Wednesday, and it's called the Purpose Gathering Podcast. And it is all about how to juggle motherhood and business. I talk a lot about mindset, self care, business, obviously. Parenting is my jam, so I love to talk about parenting. I bring on guest experts once a month to kind of talk about just a variety of topics, but I know that we all are dealing with so much. And so, it's kind of a one stop shop for all things mompreneurship. And then I do have a course called The Efficient Mompreneur, and the goal behind that course is to help moms feel like they can maximize their time with minimal effort. Um, I really want moms to come into this course and reframe their mindset. I want them to get out of their own way. I want them to feel empowered that they should be a priority. Because if we're not being taken care of ourselves, we can't really pour into our family and our children and our business effectively. And so that is what the first module covers is all mindset and Self care. And then in the second module, I talk all about kind of what we just talked about here, but more in depth about the juggling act. How do you foster these interactions with your children with confidence? How do you run your household feeling um, peaceful and joy filled? And then how do you manage your business? alongside of that and how do you do both at the same time? And then the third module is all about business clarity. So when you actually sit down to work, what should you even be focusing on? How do you get past that shiny object syndrome of wanting to do the next best thing? And so this course is really just a great place for moms to come to find that piece that they've been looking for and to feel like they can finally have a roadmap and know what to do so they're not constantly spinning their wheels. So I love to hang out on Instagram and my handle is at The Purpose Gathering. And I also have information about
0: all the things at my website, which
1: is thepurposegathering.com. Yeah, Yeah, so good.
0: And I love that in the course, because as you know, but they don't know that I have it, you really focus on you know, the mom as a whole first, then the parenting and then the business. Because like I said at the beginning, there's just there is an infinite amount of business advice out there. But as a mom or a parent trying to run a business and a home, it is so difficult to balance both of them. So I hope that you guys learned a couple of things in this episode. Definitely go and check out all the things that Ashley mentioned and go follow her on Instagram because she does weekly IGTV episodes where she dives into more topics and just it's a wealth of knowledge over there. So Thank you so much for being here today, Ashley. And um, I hope that everyone goes and connects with you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.